The Money Show. Small business. Pablo Fatidis, the chief executive at Auric Business Accelerator. How to grow. And I've just had such a wonderful discussion on a gloomy, depressing and upsetting day uh, to do with inflation and interest rates and everything else, Pablo, uh, with a guy called Maurice van Heerden, who was telling us how he and his four brothers in 2009 were running two businesses, one of them, uh, Easy Shuttle, the other, an audio business, sort of um, getting audio into cars in 2009. They were working from 145 meters in Pretoria. And next week, they move into a 5,000 square meter meter space along the M1. They've grown their audio business to such an extent that they need a lot more space, a lot more room, a lot more people. They've grown through the global financial crisis, through the Zuma years, through the current levels of uncertainty, misery and despondency. And they just carry on and they do what they do and they do it very well. And and I, I just think we can learn so much from entrepreneurs like that. And you know where it all starts? It all starts with, if you look at, if there's a wonderful expression. If the only tool you are holding is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And if you think about it, Bruce, if the only thing that you think about is growth, where other people see doom and gloom, where other people see it's not possible, the same principle applies. You will always find the opportunity. You'll always find the angle. And the more attention you pay to something, the more it affects the way you think, the more it affects the way you behave. And if the way you think and the way you behave is orientated around growth, by sheer definition, growth is going to be the outcome. So it is a wonderful lesson. And the lesson really truly is that it all starts with the attitude. Attitude is, is, is absolutely pivotal. Um, what's the saying? Your attitude determines your altitude. Um, and it, uh, how do you maintain a good and healthy attitude at the same time without becoming delusional, Pavlo? Because you can have a wonderful alti- uh, attitude and unfortunately you can, run out of, you, know, you can run out of money long before your attitude runs out uh, and get into all kinds of trouble, right? Yeah, absolutely you can. And, and here's the thing. You know, we've spoken about it on and off over the years. If, you, if you're going to rely purely on yourself, and this was so well put, it was so well coined um, by, by Carl Gustav Jung, the, the psychologist. He turned around and he said, we all have a quantum of psychic energy. And psychic energy is psychic. What he referred to by that is the energy for thought and the energy for action is your psychic energy. And he argued We all have a quantum of it. It's incumbent upon us to constantly refresh, pour, fill our quantum of psychic energy. And it's equally incumbent upon us to exhaust it and use it. What happens if you try and do this whole thing on your own all the time, every time, is eventually it runs out. And the number of remarkable businesses that I've seen, Bruce, in the hands of truly remarkable people who did not adopt a more inclusive approach around how they're going to choose to grow their companies is is profound. They all eventually landed up out at sea with no more food, fuel, or water to sustain the ship, to sustain themselves, to sustain their crew. They found themselves in the doldrums, and all the potential 
that would have benefited not only them, but all their employees, all their suppliers, all their customers, and us in society through the taxes they pay, the jobs they create, the fabric that they weave to make life useful and capable for us, all of that goes along with it. And it's it's such a frustrating thing to see because it's all completely avoidable. It doesn't matter what education you have. It doesn't matter what, how, whether you think you're smart or not. It doesn't matter. It's all avoidable. If you just recognize that growth cannot be done on its own. It takes a village to grow a company, not an individual. Really important. I mean, and, and just uh, I played an extract of a chat I had with Whitey Basson yesterday, and people are looking for the entire chat, which I will post later because I found a video um, of Whitey and I chatting at the Franschuk Literary Festival that was filmed by the, the, the nice people there at the Franschuk Literary Festival. It's on YouTube. I will find it and post it later on. Because in there, we talk about retail and how if you're not growing in retail, you're actually going backwards. You need to not only grow your like-for-like stores, but you need to be expanding all the time. You need to be expanding store networks. It works the same in fast food. I suppose it works with any enterprise, that if you're not growing, you are standing still, or worse, going backwards. Yeah, and the global stats, the global stats that show uh, across a, an enormous quantum of business owners that were, were interviewed, by a collection of universities in based in the United States, Europe, and in the United Kingdom. They ran these extensive surveys, Bruce. Um, the, the number was close to a million businesses. It was 1.09 million businesses, in fact. And they asked the question around growth. And of course, you know, the majority said by far, yes, we want to grow. They asked the question to those who did not choose growth and said, why not? And it became very evident that they had run out of, for want of a better expression, psychic energy. They've run out of steam and love and excitement around their businesses and the reasons for that. But of those that said they wanted to grow, Bruce, less than 15% spent an hour a month chatting about growth. Now, that is no different to you and I climbing onto a ship and saying we're going to sail from Cape Town to New York and when we set sail, A, we forget where we're sailing to because we simply set sail and we're enjoying the, the process of sailing. We're not tracking where we're going. We're not thinking about what we need to do to avoid the bad weather that may lie ahead. We're simply having a chat from time to time. Hey, it's wonderful sailing. Let's set sail. Let's go. If you don't put a plan in place, if you can't map, what the direction for growth is going to be. If you don't include in your growth recipe two or three or four different growth strategies, then those are just cheap words. They really mean nothing. And when it means nothing and when you don't get the outcome, you then start to have self-doubt. You know, is it maybe me? Is it maybe that I'm not gifted? Maybe I don't have the ability to do this. No, it's none of that. That's all nonsense. In truth, it's because you just didn't sit down Map out a plan, do more of what works and a lot less of what doesn't. No, but I've got operations to look after, man, and I'm like, I'm the genius that runs this thing. So, uh, yeah, Mm. growth is important. Growth will come. Growth will come. If I just do what I'm doing, growth will come because everybody will realize just how wonderful this thing is that we're building, and they'll come. They will come. I've got no time to pay attention to growth while I'm, yeah, growth will follow what I do, surely. Do you hear a lot of yeah. that? <laughs> you know, it's 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 a lovely, lovely, lovely theory. And 
in the very early stages of a business, it's absolutely essential. Because what most people do is they go into a business where they have an aptitude and affinity. So, for example, let's say you were, you love wood. You have a relationship with wood. You can feel the grain of wood. You can appreciate the beauty of wood. You have the ability to create designs out of wood. So you go into a table manufacturing business, and that's what you begin to do. You're going to make wooden tables or wooden table countertops, whatever the case may be. This idea that if you create a fantastic product, a beautiful product, a world-beating product, if that's the idea to grow, well, speak to the many, many, many brilliant product developers out there that have not yielded any growth at all. Because unless you attach it to a commercial team, a commercial system, a business model, the thing that makes a business work and takes your beautiful product to market, Bruce, you'll be left doing all the heavy lifting, mostly on your own, because something else that was yielded out of that study is when they dug deep into these businesses, they discovered that over 95% of the employees of these businesses that wanted to grow were completely unaware of what the growth plan was <laughs> and what they needed to do to help with the heavy lifting. That is so, I mean, I, I laugh because I, I hear the story so often of management teams going, geez, aren't we clever? And they keep telling each other how wonderful they are. And they keep wondering why they're not growing. And you then inquire lower down within the organization and people are going, really? Is that what we're supposed to be doing? Oh, <laughs> we didn't know that. Or an idea, there was a staff meeting or an email and somebody communicated an idea, but nobody kind of connected the dots clearly. There wasn't the appropriate training. There wasn't the appropriate incentive put in place for people to think differently about the way they do their jobs. No, absolutely not. And here's, here's the reality of it. You get stuck. We all get stuck in a, a wood for the trees issue. We, we all get stuck in a rut. You really do. In, in many ways, one of, the, one of the hardest things to see is what's obvious. And, and in my earlier years, Bruce, I, I started, I cut my teeth in, in buying businesses that were bankrupt, you know, for, for a rand and carrying the debt. Whitey Besson did it too, and, and it worked out really well for him. Your experience was a bit <laughs> different in one of the cases anyway. <laughs> and, and the answers for turning around all those businesses, all of them, Bruce, without any question of doubt, the best insights, without a doubt, came from the team that was involved in the day-to-day -day operations, and then it came from the customers and eventually the suppliers. But if you, if you embrace your team, if you provide some respect to your team, if you engage your team, if you ask your team, you have to then measure in what you're being told whether it's of value or not, because in many instances, depending on your personality and depending on, on how you, you lead a company and the culture you've created, people will look to provide an answer that they believe you want to hear. But at the same time, if you employ boldly and you employ people with, with, with firm opinion and you create an environment for easy conversation, you'll get the insights, the many, many insights that when you stack them together and add them together and weigh them up, uh, you'll be profound outcomes become very evident and you see paths that weren't there before. You've got to build a sod, I believe. 
And I'm going to guess what a sod is because sod could be misused. A sod is a piece of earth. A sod is somebody who's not very nice. But in this case, I'm betting it's an acronym for system of delivery. It absolutely is a system of delivery. (laughs) So here's the thing. If you think about what precedes the sod, and I had a fantastic engagement just recently, very recently, with a a third-generation business. It's been run currently by the second generation. The the younger generation is now coming into it. They are so entrenched in their industry. They are so obsessed about the door frames they make, the window frames they make, the glazing that they put into both the doors and windows. It's what they've been doing day in and day out now for three generations. And they fundamentally believe, Bruce, that their product is a global, world-beating product, and it really is a good product. So if you're going to build a commercial system on the back of all your criteria and product attributes, you're going to develop something that's going to be centered on the product. And yet, why does the business exist? It exists only for one purpose, and that's to solve a problem for a customer. And if you think that everyone in the world is going to be buying glass doors and glass windows, then you can't define how that particular product that you make is of value to discrete groups of people in a marketplace. If you can get that right first, then you build a sod to deliver that as a promise, as an outcome. That is the beginning of taking a lot of the strain that normally growth demands and using the mechanics of a business as well as your team to carry a lot of the load and do the heavy lifting. It puts you finally in a position where you can do your job. And as a business owner, you really only have one job, Bruce. What is that job? I mean, and you know, because as we've discussed so many times before, you believe your job is everybody else's job as well and micromanaging them and getting in the way and being a real pain in the neck, um, which is fine in you know, months one, two, maybe year one. Uh, but ultimately, it wears a bit thin. You wear out your staff. You, you, you are not a collaborative individual. You are a pain in the neck and people ultimately don't want to work with you anymore. So what is the job that you should be doing to ensure that while everybody else does their job, you're helping grow. You've got four jobs that run typically in seven-year cycles. The first job is to start the business and define clearly what business you're in. Not the product, not the service, but who the market is that you're going to serve and dominate. After that, the next job is to build the system of delivery, the chassis that takes your business into the market with your team. Your third job then is to lead growth and lead it by putting some interesting elements into your growth strategy. Having a sales team go out there who are incentivized is not a growth strategy. That is part of your system of delivery. You need a proper strategy to to grow your company. And there are five or six different strategies you can adopt, but you need to lead it. And then as you get to the later part of your, your runway, Bruce, it really does take time to package a business and lock the value into the business. So you've got four jobs over typically seven, 10 year cycles to get from startup. And we did a whole show on this Mm. to over a hundred million rands worth of value. Possible for everyone listening. I promise you that. 
promises Pavlo Fatiti is the chief executive at Auric Business Accelerator. Thanks, Pavlo.